Stan Lee, Jack Kirby, and Steve Ditko created Spider-Man, X-Men, the Fantastic Four, and the Avengers, timeless characters whose stories were retold in the modern day with the creation of the Ultimate Marvel Universe. Join us as we journey through My Ultimate Year. Hello and welcome to My Ultimate Year, the comic book reading club where we're going through all of the Marvel Ultimate Universe one issue at a time. I'm Zach, your comic book journeyman, and I'm joined by Charlotte, your comic book rainbow belt. And we are here on My Ultimate Year episode 25, uh, the episode of miniseries, all miniseries. Um, and uh, it's, uh, yeah, no, no main series, no Avengers, no... Uh, Spider-Man, no Fantastic Four, no X-Men. We just have Ultimate Enemy, Ultimate Mystery, Ultimate Doom, and Ultimate Comics Captain America and New Ultimates. Uh, Charlotte, how's it going? Hi, I'm doing good. Have a, um, uh, it was uh, an interesting batch of comics. Um, some good, yeah, some yeah. Jeff Loeb. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it, yeah, I'm excited to talk about What it. Like, struck me about this, we'll, we'll get into the details, but like something that really struck me about this is how, um, how wildly dissonant the marvel universe is when you jump from title to title like just on you know in some ways that's like an interesting um like feature of reading a big connected universe right of like the mcu or marvel comics or dc is that like oh you can have your you know dark gritty batman over here you have your bright hopeful superman here you can have your mythology with wonder woman your magic you know etc um, and you can have all these mixtures of tones and genres <clears throat> and designs, and then they can kind of coalesce into something more uh, by combining them. But then you also get things where you get, like, three different comics by three different writers here, and we'll talk about it, where, like, politically, they're using the same characters to, like, vastly different ends. Yeah. And it's it's the same character weaving through, like, quote-unquote, the same story. But, like, they, they all have different takes on the same exact character, and they all view them differently. I, I think I'm thinking specifically of Captain America here. Yeah. Um, and, like, watching the way that different artists... It, it I don't mind it, really, because, like, the idea of a shifting continuity doesn't bother me so much of, like, you know, oh, this new writer took over this character and they really changed them is kind of like, okay, if it's something interesting, I don't really mind. Like, it doesn't have to be perfect. A lot of the, like, best new runs of a character was when someone came in and took a character and ran with them a totally new direction like the um matt fraction hawkeye right like you know being too beholden to the old hawkeye that run would never have existed or uh like the new mr miracle by tom king right yeah stuff like that um but uh yeah so let's uh i guess we can dive right into it before we start if you want to uh, support the show you can go to my marvelous year at patreon.com slash my marvelous year and get access to the master spreadsheet for a dollar a month access to our slack channel and six months early access to this show for five dollars a month um, reviews on itunes or apple podcast are appreciated uh anything else before we jump in uh no okay so first up we read ultimate enemy ultimate mystery and ultimate doom i i don't know i think do you think we should just treat this as one thing I mean, it's, yeah, basically it's basically one, one big series i think 
Yeah, it's very it's it's odd to me that it got split up. I don't know. There must have been some editorial reason. Maybe they took breaks between them. Um or maybe it's just a way to hype it up more is to have like three number ones. Yeah. And also like what they've done with uh, the Galactus saga and I think there was one other thing that was divided in three like this. This is written by Brian Michael Bendis, pencils by Rafa Sandoval, ink by Roger Bonet, colors by Matthew Wilson and letters by Joe Caramanja. It, it it's it's a little hard to summarize. I guess the big summary is Reed Richards Reed Richards bad now. Yeah. So uh, the big picture of this it, it's a little messy. It's a little all over the place. But the main thrust of it is that there's a mysterious uh, like there's a couple of mysterious things attacking all these science centers across the Earth. The Peg- Project Pegasus, the Baxter Building, Shields, Triskelion, I think. Uh, and it's like a big fungus, and then also some big pink alien buff guys who kind of look like that guy from Green Lantern. I can't remember his name. Um, yeah. Uh, no, I, I can't remember his name you know, either, but like, yeah, that's, that's what was on my mind. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, it's kind of kind of odd how similar that was. Uh, and the big reveal here is that Reed Richards has turned bad, finally, and is behind all this. Yeah. Um, I think that's kind of an interesting core to this. I think it has been like, it, it is almost feels like a natural, a, a very natural conclusion to the... Yeah, it's been a long time coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I like that. This comic seems like it's about twice as long as it needs to be and has like twice as many weird little plot lines through it that I don't know. Like oftentimes I was just reading a, a, an issue that would have a, a entirely separate plot line like Jessica Drew, Spider-Man sneaking into Roxon and then like having all these adventures with the rest of the Roxon team uh, who's like made of like uh, Eamon Zolan. What the hell is that guy's name? Is that Anim Zola? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I was, cannot remember. Yeah, there's Anim Zola, there's Misty Knight, mm-hmm. there's... I mean, a couple uh, names I didn't a, know. Like, Someone's a hulked-out Samuel Stearns, who's, like, the leader mm-hmm. in the main timeline, and he, oh, he that's, is just an that's... old Hulk. Yeah, yeah, okay, that's what I recognized. I knew, knew his name. Anyway, like... And then there's a character yeah. who I think is from um, uh, 2000 X-Factor, if I'm not mistaken, um, who's also really? here in okay. the brain trust of Roxen. yeah. Yeah, so the, a lot of, like, strange little plot threads running through this that I never really fully understood why we were, <laughs> like, hanging out with them. Yeah, I mean, um, he, it's kind of like, uh, he's kind of doing a general Ultimate Universe updates with uh, some characters. Mm-hmm. Like, there's, what are the Fantastic Four up to? What are What is Spider-Woman up to? Without most of it being necessarily directly tied to the main plot of uh, Reed Richards, because I don't think uh, Spider-Woman has any interaction with the main plot uh, during this whole uh, whole comic. Yeah, she shows up at the end to fight something. Yeah. There's a lot of, like, pretty uninteresting uh, fight scenes throughout this. But, um, yeah, yeah, it, it, it's a little too long, it's a little too sprawling, but I will say, I do appreciate something I like about the Ultimate Universe is the way that, because it is so small... Right, and it's so contained, and it really does feel more like one story instead of the way that you know six one six feels like too big and too sprawling to be you know one running story. It's a bunch of parallel yeah. stories that all weave in and out of each other. Is that you can have these issues that are like they're not a Spider Man comic, and they're not a the nice thing uh, about it being like one big story is that you can have these issues that are not like a Spider Man story or an X Men story. They're just a Marvel Universe story. And I do, I do like that. Yeah. And Brian Michael Bendis is the one who like, <clears throat> seems to lean into that most of all. Um, and I think that that's kind of a fun yeah. thing to be able to do. 
And he, he, I think he's doing that better than most writers we've seen try that. Like, I think mm-hmm. he's doing this way better than Warren Ellis on uh, Ultimate Galactus, for example. Mm, yeah, yeah, totally, totally. And, you know, he, well, yeah, he, he seems to get most of these characters pretty well, you yeah. know. And, uh, it, and he doesn't, unlike, you know, Loeb or Miller would do, he doesn't take them into, like, really insane directions. Like, he takes them seriously, right? I think yeah. that's kind of the big difference is, like... It doesn't seem like Miller or Loeb are taking it too seriously or sincerely, um, which is something. <laughs> sincerity yeah, is something. Yeah, I think sincerely is because, like, he's he like yeah, yeah he's taking them seriously, but he's also making them way more fun than they are in other books. I mm-hmm. think. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I I I think that that is something I was thinking about. I don't think this is the most like achingly sincere book, but I do think something that Brian Michael Bendis has over like Loeb specifically is that he understands that sometimes you do need moments of sincerity right and like yeah you need to take it seriously if you want us to take it seriously as anything more than just like i i don't know like a a completely disposable distraction right because we'll get into like the new ultimates but like there's nothing there besides like well this art looks kind of neat you know like and and, and, you know, he's doing character work in those, but it's just, like, I could care less about any of this because you have, like, like, it really just feels like he doesn't invest anything yeah. in of him, himself in it. He doesn't invest any kind of, like, real sincere humanity into those characters. It is all quips and action movie quotes and, uh, I, I, I don't know, like, what seem like, trying to emulate things that We've said it before, are... but it really feels like a parody of a comic, I think. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, Tiffany Tiffany Babb said this on um, on an issue once, or an episode she came on, yeah. where, like, you know, one of the problems with, like, comic book writers is that they get so fixated on the stuff that they used to love and emulating it that your comics become, like, I, they're just about themselves. I think she said, like, a shadow of a shadow, something like that, or, like, a f- oh, a photograph of a photograph, <laughs> something like that, right? Yeah. Like, whereas they're not, like, inserting anything higher or loftier into you know, you, you can integrate those things and mesh those things. Um, so Brian Michael Bendis does that to some degree here. Something I specifically really like that ran through this is the choice to have Ben Grimm uh, tell Sue Storm, confess his love for Sue Storm here. Um, and immediately after, he becomes not the thing anymore. He loses all of his plates. And, uh, and Sue Storm is dealing with Reed Richards, like going mad and trying to, to take over yeah. this world and all their science projects. Uh, and at the end here, something that like really surprised me because of its, like, it felt like a really big swing that Brian Michael Bendis was taking seriously. I think my favorite moment in this is Sue Storm talking to Ben about like good of a guy he is and how much, you know, she does love him and she was just taken aback and she has these feelings for him. And also like, they know each other so well, like, why wait? Will you marry me? Uh, I, I think that really worked. Did that land for you the way it landed for me? Uh, it landed until the marry me part, the marry me parts, because I think like See, that's the- kind of something we've seen a bit in Ultimate Spider-Man is Brian Michael Bendis not understanding how 15 years... I mean, they're 18, but like, still, it's kind of weird. Oh, I guess I, you know, I view them as like 25, I guess. They don't, they don't read as like 18-year-olds to me, so I guess maybe that doesn't... Uh, I mean- Sue literally says she's 18 at the beginning of the comic. <laughs> Does she? Yeah. Well, you know, that's... that's yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, well, I yeah, it, I guess... It I might guess have so, worked better know. if I saw them as more of adults. Um, yeah, okay, yeah, that, that wasn't on me. Up until then, it really works for me. Yeah, it just, I mean... Because uh, I think the... And I think, like, Bendis has done the Ultimate Fantastic Four better than any other writer in this. 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he does. I mean, you know, and he, he kind of keeps Reed Richards very much in line with what, like, we've seen before while, like, expanding upon that yeah. of, like, all that's... I mean, he literally is just flashing back to the beginning of Fantastic Four, which is the best Ultimate Fantastic Four. The, the first six issues are yeah. <laughs> the best part of Ultimate Fantastic Four, and then it's downhill from there. But Reed Richards as a, you know, incredibly bullied, abused at home, you know, like, nerd who cannot you know, uh, engage with, with people normally, um, because either but partly because of his intellect, partly because he has been, you know, just bullied so hard. Um, and like seeing that slowly turn into him viewing as like himself as someone who just needs to take total control because, uh, people, people don't know what's best for themselves. Something like that. Like that, mm-hmm. that all tracks, that tracks with the Reed Richards. We know the tracks with the Reed Richards we've seen built here. And I, I, I like it as a reflection of the 616 Reed Richards, right? Like, I don't need him to turn into a supervillain, right? Like, I, I like him teetering on the edge of irresponsible science all the time. But I like, in yeah. the Ultimate Universe, yeah, take that one degree farther and give him, you know, that one bad day <laughs> where, you know, Sue, Sue dumps him and he's at the end of his rope and he just decides to, like, change the Earth's fate because he can do it. Why not? Yeah, and I think, like, retroactively, it makes... Maybe it doesn't really make the Ultimate Fantastic Four series better, but like that series is used because because we've seen him save the day so many times and prove his intellect uh, and how powerful he can be over and over again against various villains. Now that he's the antagonist, it really feels like a huge threat, I think, to all the characters. So that that really works for me too. Uh, and he he feels like he feels like I think the the moment where his turn is revealed. The two people that are there are Sue and uh, Rick Jones, like as the the Herald of the Watchers. Mm-hmm. And I think that really works for me as um, you have the... Oh, he's now he's like a huge threat to the whole world. You have that with Rick Jones' reaction. And then you have the very more personal reactions of him being like an abusive person mm-hmm. to, to Sue. And the way he their, their discussion really feels like, a, yeah, an abusive relationship. Yeah, 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 totally. Like, it, it, you know, becomes unraveled that, like, oh, yeah, all that, like, him blowing her off and, you know, the, like, all the, the kind of, like, the ways that they, they can even frame it as being, like, cutesy, where he's just, you know, yeah. completely ignoring her existence and blowing her off for science and stuff. It's like, oh, no, that's actually him being a really bad guy. And, you know, like, yeah. and her, like, waking up to that is uh, is pretty interesting. Um so I th- I think that what I was thinking is like I think that core really works and then think the Fantastic yeah. Four core of this works pretty well I think literally everything else around this is pretty boring Spider Man being here is fine I, I mean I I like Jessica Drew but I'm not like I don't know what her purpose really is here I um <clears throat> I don't know what Carol Danvers and you know like the Shield stuff I I like that Brian Michael Bendis basically ignores. Uh, Mark Miller's new Ultimate things and just brings back the uh, yeah the, the old Ultimates. It was just like Captain America, Iron Man, Hawkeye, which Wasp, which might Thor. be a consequence of like what Jeff Loeb is doing in New Ultimates. Maybe that comes more from that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe who knows? Uh, this is but, uh, all, yeah. yeah. All this was coming out like right around that same time, so it's tough to it's tough to tell. Um, that stuff but, specifically Captain Marvel was like one of the worst characters. Like it, Captain. Oh, was it? Oh, I hated that guy. And oh, I really liked it. <laughs> oh, the whole like him being like snarky on purpose, like felt like Brian Michael Bendis just giving himself a pass to lean into his worst impulses of just like the most like glib and yeah one linery 
version of his writing that I just hated, hated it so much. You, you I liked it? I kind of liked it, like him, him being like, uh, "Do you need a hug?" When he tells when oh, uh, God, Wendell Vaughn think he's supposed to taking over, and like, I don't know, and that's that's also completely from me, and I know that's not what Bendis is doing, but like, I kind of read it at him flirting with the responsible of the base. <laughs> I kind of shipped it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, so yeah, yeah I kind of like them, his Captain yeah, Marvel. Of course you, you ship. <laughs> yeah, I know. Okay. Yeah, no, I, well, I, I didn't read why it as a shit, uh, No, yeah, yeah, I get it. But like, yeah, I, I kind of liked it. Uh, I, mm, I, yeah. yeah, I liked his Captain Marvel. It, it's so funny to me. Like, Bendis's writing is just... So, like, Ultimate Enemy, the first four here, I was pretty on board yeah. with. And then Ultimate Mystery started up. And there was, like, two issues here where I was just, like, so f- done with his writing. And just, like... <laughs> it, yeah, it just feels like, you know, I mean, it's month by month by month. He's writing these things. So, you know, he's just in different spaces when he's writing them. And just it's depending on, like, how much he really lets loose with those huge winding dialogue things. And sometimes it just drives me nuts. And other times I think he's, like, in control. He's just so inconsistent for me because um, I can really respond to his work or it can just drive me nuts. So, like, when Spider-Man and Jessica yeah. Drew meet here, like, the the back and forth between them is just, like, pretty meaningless like it doesn't really add much to the characters doesn't add much to their relationship it's just like quips you know quips and one-liners i i think that is like one of the problems with his thing where like most of his characters do sound the same like they all use the same pitter patter thing is that like you don't see as much character dynamics being built between two characters having conversation because they all speak to each other the same way (laughs) right like all yeah. of his angry characters sound the same as all of his snarky characters, and then all snarky characters it sound the same. All of his, you know, like, heartbroken characters sound the same as other heartbroken characters, right? Like, it's he kind of just has modes he switches into, and yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, it loses a little bit of, like, specific character building. Um, the, the other weird thing here is Nick Fury does a lot of torture in this, and then Hawkeye does a bunch of torture. It, it's very strange to me how, like, how blasé and, like, presented as kind of cool and badass and, like, tough guys yeah. doing what needs to be done. Like, in the context of... This, this is what I was talking about, like, how you can read th- three comics all from the same comic line across, like, the same chunk of time and see, like, wildly different approaches to the same, like, political material. Because, like, him treating torture... In 2010, 2011, when, like, the Guantanamo stuff is still very much, you know, being talked about. I mean, not that it's not open still, which is insane, but, like, torture in Guantanamo was... All that stuff was being, like, um, all over the newspapers. I remember, like, watching documentaries in the theaters about it, like, at the time. Um, And it's just so, like, strange for him to be approaching it as, like, something that, like, cool... It's like uh, Nick Fury shows up with a bat that has the words kick-ass written on it. And he, like, you know, beats this alien. And then Hawkeye comes in and it's, like, treated as, like, a cool badass moment when he's, like, we'll start with your reproductive organs. Yeah, it felt like a moment from a Jeff Loeb comic, honestly. Yeah, and it made me actually kind of appreciate Mark Miller, where it's just, like, you know what? Like, Mark Miller does the same stuff. But with Mark Miller, you always know that he thinks these guys are the absolute worst. Like, they're all bastards to him, at least. Right? Yeah. So there, there's no, like, and he might play it, like yeah, this is big and cool, but at the same time, like, all those characters are despicable, <laughs> right? Uh, I think, yeah. like, this to me, this is the stuff that's actually more insidious and, like, nasty, um, you know, like, culturally and politically, is the stuff that just treats it as, yeah, it's the stuff that happens. It's, like, what you have to do, and it's uh, it's kind of cool if you think about it. It's, like, cool that tough guys make the right choices. Like, Carol Danvers talks about, like, 
oh yeah i'm not suited for torture i couldn't do it so i found someone who could and it's like this cool moment and like nick fury's walking through the door to kick the crap out of this guy yeah so like yeah and like since when is this version of carol danvers like not willing to get her hands dirty like i i, I have no idea who this oh no version the, the, of the carol woman danvers can do it but like right. those two guys will <laughs> that was very yeah, weird i I I have no I mean that that this character really does not she's really a kind of a big nothing to me across all the different comics yeah. um she cuz she's so malleable like she hasn't had like a series where she's been really defined so she's so different depending on the thing also Nick Fury is very different depending yeah. on the comic like we just read <laughs> the uh those Mark Miller ones where it's like Nick Fury slept with literally every woman that his girlfriend has ever encountered. Ah, <laughs> oh, I had forgotten back. that, yeah. <laughs> and now we're back to, like, Nick Fury is just, like, a cool super spy who, like, chats with Spider-Man. Um, so, you know, yeah. there's there's kind of a dissonance there. Um, anything else about these uh, these three comics? Um, no, I think, like, I think I like them way more than you. Oh, so you, you um, really like this. I, I, I'm, I mean, yeah, I'm I think okay the, 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 the Fantastic Four core works so well for me. That mm-hmm. the, even if there's some stuff I'm not that uh, not enjoying that much, like overall mm-hmm. I I really like this and I I felt um, I think this like of all the Ultimate crossover series we've seen since the beginning, this might be my mm-hmm. favorite. Really, so I don't even know like what's in competition. Um, like Ultimatum is definitely isn't better than this. Ultimate Galactus isn't better than this. I don't think uh, like those X Men versus uh, Ultimate series were I better liked, than this. So yeah, I, I, I think really like this. yeah, I mean yeah, yeah. I w- without like looking too closely, Ultimate Six I quite liked. Where like yeah, because that was kind of a Shield Avengers um, Spider Man crossover, right? With like Norman Osborn, uh, you know, get the the Ultimates fighting Norman Osborn and yeah. his crew like on the the lawn of the White House. Um, that was just Amazon telling me there's a limited time deal on toddler puzzles for kids you might like. <laughs> Thank you, Amazon. Yeah, so yeah, I mean, the, it's true. Like I, I was, I started out this saying how much I like the you can do the universe-wide crossovers really easily here. Yeah. Um, but you're right that there's not that many like really good ones. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's good. I, I like yeah. it. I, I think it just was a little. At times it was a little too bendacy, and at times it was a little too all yeah, over the place. But but I think you. I think you might have the same reaction to Bendis I have with Mark Miller. Because mm-hmm. when Miller gets too Millery, I'm all out. And I think you're kind of the same with Bendis, whereas I can tolerate it a bit more with Bendis. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Miller Miller can definitely Miller me out <laughs> for, for yeah. certain. Um, but yeah, when, when Miller gets Millery, <laughs> um, I probably do like tolerate it a little better than getting how yeah. I get exasperated with Bendis. Um yeah, it, it's it's interesting. What do you think about Reed Richards as, like, something I do appreciate is they didn't back off this, right? It didn't, like... No, and <sighs> do you know where this is going? I mean, I've read... Yes, yeah. So I can't... I can't we can't say okay. too much, but, like, I've read yeah, comics same. in... Uh, I'll say I've read the Donny Cakes Venom. <laughs> and, uh, okay. <laughs> and that, <laughs> okay. that told me some stuff. Um, so, yeah, I'm very excited for some stuff that's coming because um, like yeah i i know something that's coming but i don't know i don't know the start of it so i'm excited yeah. to see that unfold in future comics like the worst decision would be to have this happen yeah reed richards finally snapped and then at the end of this you know and then his, he's back his, as a good guy or not even as a good guy but like you know 
his friends make him see the light, and then he sacrifices himself to stop the portal from taking over oh, the world, yeah. and then he dies, you know, having redeemed himself. And like, oh no, he went yeah. bad, but like that feels like the very generic thing that they could have done here. Um, but having this end with like, no, Reed Richards is uh, <laughs> still quite a bad guy, and they uh, they tried to kill him, and he didn't quite die, and at the very end you get a hint that he's yeah. still alive and he's out there, like... Pretty good. Even though I think... Were you surprised that there was... Oh, go ahead. Oh, even if I think his plan here wasn't actually that interesting, or I couldn't actually tell you what it... What Could you tell me what's happening with, like, the fungus growth Um, things? Because it kind of just seemed like he was... Honestly, no. (laughs) Yeah, it was just like fungus keeps growing up everywhere, and then I thought at the end we'd get some kind of resolution. I mean, I think he was... He wanted to... There was some talk about him wanting to build a better world, like where genius is appreciated or stuff like that but well I there was also like that translates that, that earth, earth science is like uh humans use science like irresponsibly so he was like targeting all uh, the like yeah. main science facilities right and like destroying them so that humanity wouldn't keep you know getting itself into science trouble yeah. um, were you surprised that yeah. there was no doctor doom whatsoever in a comic called ultimate doom <laughs> Uh, yeah, I guess, no, no, (laughs) I didn't think about it. (laughs) That's a really good point, though. I mean, Doctor Doom is just dead. Because I was expecting him to play some part in this, maybe have a comeback or anything. So now I'm wondering, is he ever resurrected in the Ultimate Universe? Is he just dead now? Who knows? We're we're almost done, you know, we don't have, we've got nine more episodes of comics. So, you know, we'll find out soon enough, right? Uh, Yeah, 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 very interesting. But I like, I mean, I like Reed having the Doom role now. Because I, I think he yeah, is yeah. now to this universe what Doctor Doom is to Earth 616, mm-hmm. or he has the potential to be. Yeah. And I kind of like that. That's a, that's a really good point. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, you know, like, besides the Sue Storm-Ben Grimm relationship being interesting in and of itself, because I actually kind of think it just works. Like, he sells it here yeah. to me. Uh, it is interesting also in that way of, like, how <laughs> what's Reed going to say? You know? How's, yeah. uh, how's Reed going to react to this? Um I mean, it's definitely better. Ben, Ben and Sue Storm together is definitely better than uh, Johnny Storm and Alicia, right? Yes, yes, it is. <laughs> yeah. but that's not a high mark. <laughs> okay, I uh, I was thinking I was like comparing, you know, like other pairings of the Fantastic Four group together that you could do. I mean, I think the like Sue and Nemo maybe is a a closer a closer like. Mm. I don't know. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a good point. All right, yeah. Who would you... Re- I mean, it's still like you want to see Sue and Namor together more than... Not in the Ultimate Universe, though. The Namor in the Ultimate Universe sucks. No, the name of the Ultimate Universe yeah, is he's, he's, Yeah. <laughs> yes, it's true. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, moving on from that, we uh, we read Ultimate Captain America, and this is written by Jason Aaron. Um, pretty, pretty big name now. I don't know if he was at the time. Um, I'm trying to, just a second, I'm going to do a quick Google here because... I think he'd done some Wolverine stuff at the time. Oh, no, he had, yeah, 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 maybe he'd done some, that Wolverine, which is, I think, pretty good. I've read a little bit of that. Uh, he was almost, at this point in 2011, he was almost done with one of my favorite indie comics, Scalped, that he, uh, that he wrote. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, I really like Scalped, and, uh, I think it's a really, really interesting comic that's, uh, that's worth checking out. Um... And, uh, yeah, so he, he comes in, he does four issues of Captain America, and does, like, what I think is one of the best, if not the best, like, tight little guest appearances, like, miniseries that we've seen in the Ultimate Universe. Like, I kind of love this comic. Yeah. Um, this really, really worked for me, and it, it works on a couple levels. But before I get into that, what, what do you think? Like, does this, uh, does this land for you as, like, 
a reflection of the ultimate it universe. It did, and I think it almost lost me at one point, and then like it went back on track, and I was all in on this coming. I think, yeah, it's one of the best, and honestly, it's one of the best like solo miniseries we've seen for a character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, totally. It probably, Which, I mean, definitely the considering best. Considering what that. we've like, had, isn't yeah. What else? And the only other one that I can think that stands out where we've had just like a fun little one-off is Ultimate Wolverine versus Hulk, which has its issues, but like overall, I think is uh, is a pretty yeah. good time. But this Damon is better Lindelof. than that. Yes, yeah, so he's actually. I mean, he's got something to say here that works on a bunch of levels, which yeah. is that uh, it starts out with Captain America bursting into like a North Korean military base who's making super soldiers and he's just gunning down people just <laughs> murdering everybody yeah. around him and uh you know he's working with the british and they're just like this is supposed to be covert ops and you're wearing like the stars and stripes and killing everybody and he's just like you know we should i'll, I'll never be ashamed of the flag you can do whatever um it's not what he's saying but uh it's and, basically what he's saying <laughs> yeah yeah more or less and what what's happening is that frank simpson uh who is I think, is he... Nuke. Fla- Nuke, yes. All right, not Flag Smasher. Yeah, he's Nuke in 616. No, he's Nuke. Yeah. Um, is like a super soldier that they created the for design. Vietnam. He's, yeah, yeah, basically. He's got the flag tattooed on his face. And uh, and he is he's a super soldier created for Vietnam who basically like fought in Vietnam long enough to see the horrors of Vietnam, the very real-life horrors, and defected... And now is like I I guess creating super soldier. His, his ultimate plan for like super soldiers is never clear, and also not really the point. I guess no, yeah. Um, it doesn't seem particularly relevant. Um, but like he is at the beginning, he's like giving North Korea a uh like a super soldier that then he has to kill and like burn because he doesn't want the Americans to get a hold of whatever he's doing. Um, and then um, where do where does he end up? Where does he land? Do you remember? Like where does Captain America find him later? It's is it in Cambodia? Uh, yeah, yeah. No, I think it's wasn't it no, in it is. Vietnam? Because yeah. isn't yeah. it? No, no. I, I, yeah, I just looked it up. It's Cambodia. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um. And then he's in a village in Cambodia where he has given the super soldier serum to the entire village uh, of a lot of people yeah. who were affected by the American like bombing in Cambodia. Richard Nixon Nixon's real bombing campaign that killed like hundreds of thousands of civilians. And then uh, dropped, like, chemical weapons that led to all kinds of birth defects for, like, generations. Um, Really insane stuff. And his whole point here, Frank Simpson, is basically to do the clockwork orange thing to Captain America. Yeah. And and force him to face down the actual, like, horrors of American imperialism, right? And, like, what his government does and what he stands for. Um, Which is, like, one, all true. (laughs) Right? Like, all this stuff is actually horrifying and very true the way that america has you know installed all these dictators over and over and over again to fight off communism at the cost of all these these uh civilian lives like really horrifying stuff but specifically it, it works on that level just kind of as a, a commentary i think but it would be a little ham-fisted if not for the fact that this captain america specifically is somebody who has been shown to just like blatantly go along with whatever the government tells him to do and then just go kill whoever like he's killing people constantly here right like i don't think this would work as well for the mainline captain america because that guy like does it himself often right like in in mainline in mainline marvel like those rules are opposites like nuke is the is this captain america in 616 Mm -hmm. whereas captain america would be the one to say yes but it's not all perfect and and stuff like that totally totally and so like having this captain america is the guy who like thinks that 
you know, the military is America, right? And, and yeah. <laughs> defending the military means defending America, whereas Frank Simpson thinks that, you know, the government is not... The government is not America as a, an ideal, right? And, like, falling for... Like, America has basically died, right? In his eyes, America has been taken over by this um, military apparatus that is enforcing its will on the world, um, which is pretty true. Yeah. And uh, I, I think all that works specifically in the context of this character. So I think what Jason Aaron is doing is very canny in, like, looking at what this Captain America is doing and kind of doing the Frank Miller thing, except, like, I think better. I, I don't think, like, Frank Miller's issue is sometimes I think he... He either gets a little too distracted with having fun with, like, his toys. Uh, do you and, mean Mark Miller? Who am I saying? Frank Miller. Yeah, sorry. Yes, Mark <laughs> Miller. Thank you. Mark Miller on, like, the Ultimates and stuff is having too much fun with, yeah. like, the big one-liners and the, the like, yeah. big silliness that, like, y- you can tell, like, because Mark Miller is a is a guy who, like, politically is pretty anti, uh, you know, like, he, he's anti-imperialist, right? Like, he, is, he does not yeah. think what uh america did in the the war on terror is good right like he's he's pretty against all that stuff and i think it shows in his comics but sometimes i think that messaging can get kind of mixed up and confused and a little obfuscated and like and you yeah, know because he can help but write cool characters and i mm-hmm. think yeah. here jason aaron isn't writing a cool captain america yeah like he's Captain america. like you're fascinated but what's ha- by what's happening but it's more like watching a house burn down yeah yeah i mean captain america is the villain of this comic which i think is a really interesting yeah absolutely i think do, i yeah. was a bit because there's one point where nuke is like reflecting and he's saying am i the villain no i can't be the villain in this and like it feels like jason aaron is saying I mean, it feels like it's more compli- complicated than that. So I was afraid it's be- there would be a turn of no nuke is actually the the terrible bad guy. But that moment never actually happens, uh, not quite. And then there's this he kind of one- faints towards. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, please go. No, 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 please, please. Um, the oh, sorry, <laughs> I forgot what I was saying. <laughs> well, the the moment where uh, at the end here, right? Like Captain America gets the upper hand on him, and he gives this big yeah. spiel about like. You don't think I know, you know, what America's been up to. You don't think I yeah, know exactly. about all this, you know, the the uh, secret killings and the civilian deaths and the, you know, whatever, enforcing our will. Like, no war is perfect and, the you know, America's made a lot of mistakes, including you, and I'm the one to fix it. And it, like, feels like it's giving that, like, hero turn, right? Of just, like, yeah, Captain America knew all that all along. Which doesn't even make sense, right, if you think about it. Like, that's not that much of a hero turn for him to be like, I already knew that America's really bad and I still was just yeah. going along with it. Um, and then he has a conversation with Clint Barton, Captain America, on the couch talking about how he was saved by like a poisonous snake showed up and Clint's like, are you sure God sent you that snake? You know, you prayed, you sure that God sent it to you? Because that seems like, uh, <laughs> you know, you're, uh, you might you're be the, the guy, tool, yeah. tool of the devil here. And then it leads yeah. to Captain America going to like do the same thing to Frank Simpson of... You know, like trying to trying to open his eyes to think, but it's him sitting down and reading the Bible <laughs> to him, right? Yeah. <laughs> which which I think is like, it's like to, no, to me is so far gone. <laughs> right. It's it's very clear to me that Jason Aaron understands that, like, yeah, oh, Cap- yeah Captain America is just you know his his brain is completely taken over by like what he views as patriotism, but what is really just this like enforcing the like imperial needs of America on the rest of the world. Yeah, so, like, there's like there's this one line of him uh, carrying someone he just beat up uh, in the village in Cambodia, and he says, "Does anybody here speak American?" <laughs> Which yeah. is a great well, line. And, and he beats up Frank Simpson at the end, like 
yeah. all these villagers and some kids have guns on him and he's just like yeah. if you're still pointing those guns at me i'm gonna treat you as an enemy combatant like still just threatening to like kill a bunch of villagers who at the beginning explained to yeah. him that like their lives were absolutely ruined by nixon's you know bombing campaign in cambodia this guy talked about like his family being killed and his son being born with his heart outside of his chest and like all this like yeah. horrifying stuff that's all very true and captain america has no time for it right <laughs> right he's just yeah yeah so um yeah i think yeah i think like this really works as like jason aaron isn't afraid to completely damn this version of captain america in a way that mark miller i don't think ever completely does manages to do and the thing so, is yeah, like i, I feel really really works for me and something that works is he he strikes a good because he's not subtle about damning america here right like yeah or, or at least these like specific sins of america but like i think he is subtle about the way that he damns captain america which i think is is key here right like captain america is yeah. clearly a villain but also like i'm bringing my like leftist bias i think to that a little bit like it you know I, i'm clearly like looking to see this um yeah and and i think so i i don't think it's like i don't think that is super stark right like he doesn't he doesn't underline it a million times i think he lets just like captain america's actions as we've seen him uh like speak for themselves which i think is important to this not feeling like more ham-fisted so i think there's there's a really easy way for this to feel like incredibly ham-fisted and it is it's ham-fisted about just literally laying out like statistics of you know the evils that america has done um yeah but like not about Captain America's like role. I think that's that's where it really works. Yeah, really interesting. Oh, and uh, want to call out the pencil and the inker is Ron Garney. Colorist is Jason Keith. Letter is Clayton Cowles. Um, yeah, Ron Garney's pencils really good here. I think like big panels, lots of uh, lots of up close faces that like work really well. Lots of like bodies and space. The way he draws fights really lands for me um, mm. because like the fights all felt really impactful and like he, he knows how to make a punch. Especially when you're dealing with guys like this, where it's just like two strong guys punching each other, yeah. Um, I, th I think that all like was very effective in just showing the like brutal, the brutality of these uh, these fights. So yeah, really good stuff. You, did you? I don't know if you remember this back on like my marvelous year way early on. I was talking to Dave about this, and I was like, "There's some comic. Do you remember this comic where like yes, a I, guy I, while reading this, I was like, oh, 'Oh, I've heard someone talk uh, about the.'" Uh, Richard Nixon, the most evil man who ever lived. And I, rem I remember yeah. you talking about that, but I didn't remember where you talked about that. Yeah, so I read this when I... W I must have read this when I was, like, 18 or 19, um, when yeah. I was reading all the, like, other Ultimate comics. Uh, so it was just interesting, like, we started, and I was like, oh, this is it! Here it is! Because, <laughs> like, <laughs> I knew this existed. I know I didn't, like, imagine that, but I had no idea where to, like, yeah. find it again. And I had Googled it, so... Yeah, and uh, kind of fun that it, like actually lived up to to my memories of uh of hitting me yeah. at like 18 or 19 this also felt very like kind of a big deal to me although i will say my vague memory is at like 18 or 19 when captain america gets the upper hand being like oh okay phew good well captain america knew all this already oh, okay. like you know not not really internalizing that captain america is not actually bringing a good the comeback <laughs> just yeah. being like oh yeah okay well he is the hero still he knew about all that stuff he knows it's not good to kill civilians so as long as he knows it's bad and contrite about it um yeah so uh yeah yeah very good what is not very good not very good <laughs> is charlotte's charlotte's reaction to the actual best comic we read ultimate new ultimates oh volume one it's charlotte i'm sorry but this comic is excellent <laughs> i can't even really like like <laughs> um 
All right, let's let's say some positive things about this. Let let's say five positive about this comic before we get into. Uh, one, I think Frank Cho's art is often very very good here. I like the art quite a bit when he draws big battle scenes. They look very cool, and yeah, he does a good job of like like a double uh, page splash of like a big battle. It's like often pretty clear what's going on. Like it doesn't become like just big noise. Like he he knows how to draw a whole layout that I think is interesting. Um. Colors by Jason Keith are also equally good in match Frank Cho's art style. Let's see. Uh, one more thing. Charlotte, you have to come up with something. Um, I refuse to. <laughs> Tigra's in this, you know? I mean, is... Actually, no, she's not. That's not Tigra. That's Hellcat. Is Hellcat not just... I mean, she she was no. like... She had the Tigra markings. I think they're basically making her. Yep, but that's not Tigra. <laughs> well, to me, it's... I Tigra. refuse to give them that. That's not Tigra. <laughs> Okay. Well, uh, okay. Well, that's it. I think that's a literally. Seeing you struggle to say five nice things about this is just incredible. <laughs> I, ha- yeah, I, I, I wrote to... down exactly three notes about this comic. Uh, the okay. first one is effing lobe. The second one is why hella. And the third one is LMAO what? And that's kind of all I have to say about this. <laughs> you wrote down a note that said LMAO what? <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> You're just like, at the end of this discussion, you just were like, oh, just let me check my notes, make sure I didn't forget anything. Oh, I forgot to say, like, <laughs> LMAO, what? <laughs> um, you know what? That uh, that hella sex scene, pretty good. I forgot that's number three. No, no, it like, wasn't. Act- act- <laughs> actually great. And, uh, oh, number four, uh, pregnancy fetish stuff, pretty good. It's exciting. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I, th- he clearly it is very funny like drawing a uh, a pregnant a super pregnant hella and he is still like frank cho because I, I actually like frank cho's art here but he does it's weird he doesn't do that much cheesecake but when he does he like really does it you know because i think he's known for that right like I, my my understanding is that like he's known for his, yeah, like, yeah yeah he his pinup drawings he is I remember um, but, him doing like an Electra in some Marvel team up stuff, uh, which was. Uh, oh, oh, he's he's the one who drew that really notorious Spider Woman cover with like. Oh, did he? Yeah, that one with her like ass facing away from the camera, but like. No, I think that I think that was a porn guy. Oh, I don't know. I'm. Uh, I'm... Wasn't that Milo Manara? <laughs> uh, no, I'm pretty sure. No, 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 no. That that was not. Okay. Um, I uh, I just typed in Frank Cho, and the third image is of that Spider Woman drawing. Uh, an article of Comics okay, well, Alliance saying, "Is Frank Cho the last champion of straight men's boners?" It's <laughs> 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 uh, great. Oh um, no. You know, I, I do. Okay, I will say to his credit, I didn't actually find like it, most of this, not all of it, but most of it, I found. Uh, I don't want to say restraint, restrained, but like compared to whatever was happening in that other Jeff Loeb one, where, the one that started out with like Black Widow and three. Hmm. Yeah, the the, Ultimates the, 3 is the one with uh, with Wolverine effing uh, the twins' mom and the... Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, and that was Joe Maduria. Yeah, doing artwork. So, yeah. That one, like, the women in that every woman is always in a sex pose. Every woman is, like, the most yes. insanely nipply, you know, sexualized character here. Like, he doesn't do that always with every character here. There's some restraint here. And the drawings of women are not... <sighs> I don't know. Like it sounds insane because they're all still like very sexualized, but like th- there's some there's some line there where they go from like this is some weird gross like um hyper fake like over uh, what what's the word? You you know like when you you draw 
you see the women and it's just like their anatomy doesn't even make sense because like their their yeah. backs are arched so much and their boobs are pointing like you know 20 degrees into the sky with like triple d breasts <laughs> and it doesn't make I think sense you're just describing rob liefeld's art yeah yeah kind of except like, <laughs> do, i mean i don't know does he do the like hyper hyper sexualized stuff i mean he does yeah i guess so i guess so. His, his stuff's so wild that i can't even yeah, yeah. but like kind of the joe maduria okay, stuff yeah, I, I guess what you mean yeah so where I, I was not like actively like groaning throughout this you know like I think he has kind of a style to the way he draws stuff. And so, like, when Hela is wearing her, like, thong bikini, it doesn't, like... It, it read to me more as, like, an kind of an interesting, like, BDSM-influenced drawing. Like, there seems to be some attention to it more than just being, like, here's a boner for you. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, Hela was kind of annoying to me. I think mm -hmm. it worked better for me with, like, Zada. I think his Zada mm -hmm. is very very good like she she's just a very strong woman in <laughs> mm -hmm. in a yeah. swimsuit and I'd, i think it worked better and wasn't sexualized at all even though she looks very beautiful and even like when um when valkyrie shows up like i didn't think valkyrie was like yeah hyper hyper sexualized all the time so like i know he likes to draw the like cheesecakey drawings but like at the same time i i, I felt like it wasn't although like i wouldn't have been he, totally he embarrassed for someone some to... scenes please go on he redraw some scenes from like the Ultimate Defenders issues, mm -hmm. or like Ultimate Avengers Annual. Um, with wh wh who who drew that? I, I can't remember his name. The guy who did Preacher. Oh, Steve Dillon. Yeah, and mm -hmm. like when Steve Dillon did it, like you you talked about how it's those outfits are supposed to be sexy, but the way he draws it, you feel how that's that's not sexy at all. That's just oh yeah steve, steve dylan never drew costume <laughs> i yeah. adore steve dylan's drawings he never drew a sexy a, a sexy anything in yeah his but life. i think that worked that oh no it's it's, it. it's perfect for and, that, him right? and yeah. frank Cho redrawing these scenes here and he can't help himself but making it sexy i think yeah 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 that, that's that's a good point i i don't know i, I don't even want to defend him like no, this is, you know, it's actually yeah. feminist, right? <laughs> if you think about I it. I mean, like... Uh, it, it, it's not that. A lot of that is on, on, on Jeff Loeb writing that uh, Hela wants to... Yeah, yeah, it, it's more the content than, like, than the, the artwork yeah. here. Because, like, most of the women that show up that are, like, sexualized here, I kind of buy it with their characters um, to yeah. a degree versus, you know, something else where it's just, like... You, you get those artists where it's just, like, it doesn't matter how young or how non-sexual they are in their presentation like how the characters are we're gonna draw them as sex objects right like yeah if they're 16 year old and they've never even had their first kiss i'm still gonna draw them as a sex object if they're you know like just a professional businesswoman who's not like outwardly <laughs> sexual at work i'm still gonna draw them that you know whatever if there's a, if they're the uh, johnny and sue's mom I'm going to draw her as if she... Right, where you can still clearly see her nipples, like, through her business yeah, exactly. suit somehow, right? Like, through three layers of thick fabric, her nipples are still... Anyway, so, you know what? Honestly, like, Frank Cho's art here is, like, one of the more interesting things about this. Because if it was not for this, if this was, like, a bad-looking comic, this would be unreadable. Because <laughs> there is <Yeah>. nothing... <laughs> there is nothing here. I mean, it's... Loki comes to Earth with Amora and... Uh, who, uh, try... And they, they do the 70s Roy Thomas, Roy Thomas thing of turning the female heroes against the mm -hmm, male heroes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I knew I recognized Why? that. Why? Yeah, yeah. Why? Oh, I don't know. I mean... Yeah, that's... I think that's 70s Roy Thomas. And, I mean, it, Odin it, is, I think um, it's kind of... 
it's fun to like echo that stuff. I just don't think there's anything that interesting about this version of it. No, there's nothing. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and then it, they say that Thor was actually a crazy, angry god that destroyed Asgard, mm-hmm. and Odin yeah. sent him to Earth, like calm down, and that's why he was uh, seen as a hippie during the earlier Ultimate stuff. And that doesn't that's even make so sense. Like it, yeah, it's <laughs> no, very boring, it and it like does. It, I mean, that's the thing. I, I'm saying, like, what I appreciated about Bendis is, like, sometimes he can really nail those moments of, like, sincere feeling and, like, characters being vulnerable, you know? I I think that's something that works, and he takes it seriously, and he doesn't undercut it with a quip. Like, Loeb takes none of this seriously, right? And he might be trying to, like, develop character and plot, but, like, at the same time, he can't help but, like, just have everybody be, like, 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 he wants everyone to be as quippy and as funny or as big of a jerk as possible, right? Like, whatever he thinks is, like, the coolest thing in the moment, and it will, like, totally undercut anything that he's trying to actually build here, which is unclear what he's trying to build, you know? So, like, besides plot, right? Like, maybe maybe he's just, he's working on plot level here. I am really interested to go back to his, um, you know, the stuff that I remember liking (laughs) from him, which is, uh, like, the Batman, um, like, Long Halloween, I think, and uh, what's the other one? Dark Victory. Daredevil? Um, no. Oh, yeah. No, no. Yeah. Like, th- those two, like, are pretty well loved. And uh, and I remember really liking this. I'm curious to go back to this. Man, this is a run of just, yeah, like, like, awful Like, not comics, having read his uh, Daredevil stuff and not having read his Batman stuff, I'm just all out on Deathlobe. Totally. Totally. So, yeah. Why, it's why gonna wouldn't be you be? It's going to be interesting if we read his Daredevil in MMY. Uh, yeah. Daredevil Yellow, I think. Which I actually remember reading yeah. and being kind of bored with a while ago i don't remember like i didn't have this reaction <laughs> this but i remember it like it not landing <laughs> yeah. for me uh in any interesting way but you know who, who knows we'll, we'll give it a shot in like 2001 which means uh we'll hit that in my marvelous year in like 2020 yeah um oh also you know like it it, it is wild how with uh, all the stuff about his like real life anti-asian racism that like he's been accused of uh and being like writing all the the marvel netflix shows and all these people like talking about his negative stereotypes of uh, asian characters like you just see it here right the like casual racism um i brought this up in the slack but like one of the most acceptable racist jokes to make throughout of all of 2000s marvel is just like asian or middle eastern food okay gives you diarrhea it's poison right they they're yeah. they're dirty people and they eat dirty food like so like twice i think he makes jokes about like how chinese food will you know send you like running to the toilet um which we've seen before like that's a very common through line of uh of these comics but like someone in the slack posted like a panel from 2017 and it was the same joke about how you know like shawarma will give you diarrhea and like it's so gross that that's so accepted because the under the underlying sentiment is just like that it's just dirty food that you know sold by like unhygienic people Ugh, it really it really bugs me how uh how like acceptable that is bendis fault does it all the time too bendis makes those jokes constantly it's not just jeff Loeb. um yeah anyway so uh yeah it's uh pretty pretty nothing here i do <sighs> okay here's something else i kind of like about this i think i think this is actually uh, like the comic itself doesn't do much interesting with it but valkyrie becoming an actual valkyrie for hella is a much more interesting thing than whatever she had going on right so like yeah her turning from like have been more interesting than what she had going on yeah i mean most of what she had going on was built by Loeb himself of her being like a sex kitten fangirl and i had sex with hank pym and i yeah yeah right so like her actually becoming 
somewhat of a, a powerful character with this like you know, mission and you know whatever all, all the stuff with Hela I, I think it's kind of interesting um and if someone else does something with that I'd be interested <laughs> to, to read it yeah I don't know because I know Hickman is going to do I mean has done an ultimate thought thing mm-hmm. which I don't know if that comes into play but I'm <laughs> I trust Hickman more to do something interesting with that than I do Jeff Loeb. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Hey, you know what I'm looking at right now? It looks like, to me, we are done with Jeff Loeb in the Ultimate Ultimate Universe. I think this is it. (laughs) This is the end of it. Ultimate X. Did we read that already? Wait, wait. Yes, we did. Okay, yeah, 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 that's it. Yeah. You know what's interesting about seeing Jason Aaron? Seeing Jason Aaron come come in here felt like the first of the, like, oh, hey, this is the, like... This is the beginning of people that are, like, working now and are, like, big names now are going to start, like, sneaking in. The I mean, ultimate. Bendis is still working now, but it's, uh, like, his big days were definitely... Yeah, I mean, ben- Bendis is, like... Uh, I guess... No, I guess he's still doing stuff for DC that people, like, talk about. I was going to say, like, it's a little, like, Claremont still doing X-Men. It's like, yeah, he's still doing it, but, like, no one's... But that, that's not... I mean, yeah, Bendis is more recent, but... Yeah, yeah you're right. He was just def- doing all that Superman stuff. Jason yeah. Aaron or Jonathan Hickman. Yeah, totally. Right, who are, like, doing some of the biggest stuff ever for Marvel now. Well, I don't know. Yeah. Is Jason Aaron still doing Marvel right now? Like, oh, after... He's doing Avengers. He has is... been doing oh, Avengers is he... for the is past he... two okay. years. Yeah, I, I, have, I have not read yeah. any of that. I mean, I, I knew his, like, really long Thor run wrapped up, like, two years ago. Yeah. Um, and I didn't know if he was still doing... If he was still at Marvel working. He's a, he's an interesting yeah, he's writer. Avengers. Uh, I, I like I like his stuff a lot. Yeah, because he, he has done some stuff I love, like his Thor, his Wolverine, and the X-Men. Mm-hmm. And then there's his Avengers, which is kind of baffling <laughs> i've heard i've heard it's a really like it's a very weird like comic. cool ideas pretty mixed uh like execution yeah execution yeah 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 but his thor is great like i've, I've read quite a bit of his thor yeah it's, it uh, is. it's very interesting southern bastards is another indie by him that's pretty good um yeah anyway so uh thank thanks uh thanks charlotte for reading comics and talking about them. Thanks everyone out there for listening to another episode of My Marvelous Year. Uh, Sorry for making you read uh, more Jeff Loeb. It's yeah. finally over. You know, I I would actually, it, no joke. Like I would like to hear if there are because people like this. Like he's a big popular writer, right? Like he had a big successful career. I guess. <laughs> that's more from his Batman, I think. Like, yeah, but this this, this is a full decade after his Batman. So I, I'm curious if there's anyone listening yeah. to this who actually is like responding positively to uh, to Jeff Loeb, like write and let us know at mymrosierjiba.com because I'd be curious to see like you know what what lands about this. You know, don't I mean you <laughs> don't just tell me you liked it. Try to try to explain to me what you like about this because yeah. uh you know like he did a lot of ultimate work. Like he's uh he's clearly like. You, people were responding to this and people were buying this even after ultimatum right like he did ultimatum and then he yeah. still just kept doing ultimate comics for a while um yeah uh okay i think that's gonna do it thank you again everybody by divine right does our theme music you can leave a review over at apple podcasts for my ultimate year head over to patreon.com slash my marvelous year to support us and i think that's it uh see you next see you next time see you next not jeff loeb time Yes. Yeah, see and see, see and never, Jeff Loeb. Now that was yeah. that was nothing. <laughs> bye bye. Bye. I got issues. I got issues.